Tumor Talks, a podcast about clinical cases in oncology, and we are your hosts. I'm Dr. Kathy Marshall, a medical oncologist. I'm Dr. Beatrice Wills, a medical oncologist and hematologist. And I'm Dr. Jonah Amata, an internal medicine resident physician. Hi, everyone. I'm very excited to have Dr. Lauren Banks. Uh, Dr. Banks is a medical oncologist at Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center. Today, we will learn about soft tissue sarcoma. Hi, Lauren. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Lauren, so just to start off, um, I know sarcoma is such a rare disease and there's so many subtypes, but Maybe let's start with soft tissue sarcoma. Can you teach us a little bit about the epidemiology of the disease? Sure. Um, Unlike other solid tumors that we typically see in adults, this one um, unfortunately can can affect younger patients. And so um, in terms of the epidemiology, this this can be a disease that you see across the board in all ages. Uh, There are some sarcomas that seem to occur more commonly in younger adults and kids. And so we actually often partner with our pediatric colleagues for some of those patients where they have more experience treating them. And then are there any like genetic syndromes that you think of, especially in younger patients? Yeah, there there are some. Um, So I'll, I'll preface this by saying that what we'll talk about, well, we'll focus on today is really soft tissue sarcomas, primarily of the extremity, but we can also um, briefly talk about some other more common soft tissue sarcomas. And there's 80 different kinds. So sarcomas are really heterogeneous group of diseases that are lumped together because they are cancers of the um, connective tissues and supporting structures in the body, which are your bone muscle fat, lining of the blood vessel, that kind of thing. Um, bone sarcomas are a whole different thing we won't discuss today, but the soft tissue ones, the ones that come from bone, uh, or sorry, from, from fat and from muscle are really the ones that, that we'll focus on. And so in terms of what kind of syndromes we think about, um, typically um, NF is one that you can see in those patients tend to get something called MPNST, a specific kind of sarcoma. Um, Lephromeni can also predispose, um, and then also the, the retinoblastoma genetic syndrome. Um, there's there's a whole other um, soft tissue sarcoma called desmoid tumor, which we won't talk about today because it is one that is um, thought to be um, more benign in nature, so it will locally recur, but it won't actually metastasize or shorten a lifespan. And that one is associated with FAP or the, the familial adenomatous polyposis syndrome. Okay, got it. And how do patients usually uh, present? I know it's a just very heterogeneous, just as you mentioned, but what are common presentations? So on the extremity, typically the, you'll present with, you know, a mass that's growing over time and the patient notices it. it can cause pain, which is what draws um, uh, kind of attention to the area. Oftentimes you get the story of a prior trauma, which isn't really an inciting factor. It's really just what has causes somebody to look more closely at an area. And so there's this mass that's growing over time. They have it checked out. And typically they'll present first to an orthopedic surgeon or, or a primary care doctor who will order imaging. And then that's what really will prompt um, kind of finding the diagnosis. And once you have a diagnosis, uh, what is your initial workup? Right. So the, the very first 
the thing is, <clears throat> let's say you get your first imaging off, and if it's in the extremity, it's going to be like your MRI or something of that extremity, um, is to then get a good biopsy. And then you want that biopsy reviewed by pathologists who've seen sarcomas before and can tell you, tell you which kind it is, because this specific kind will really guide um, the order of therapy and what therapy to do. Uh, so so that's kind of the, the first step. So um, imaging, then biopsy, ensure the proper diagnosis and the proper histology. So soft tissue sarcoma is not good enough, right? You need to know which one of them. And then um, from there, um, you want to make sure that it hasn't spread. And so you do a full staging, you do staging imaging of, of the torso to make sure you don't see it anywhere else. What, what imaging do you use? Typically we, we do um, CT, chest, abdomen, pelvis of contrast. Sometimes you can do a PET if it is a, is a hot tumor and then will show up on, on a PET scan. Um, hot tumor meaning PET avid. So it is drawing up the um, PET dye essentially, but that's not really, I would say more commonly we see, we, see, we will, we'll do a CT, chest, abdomen, pelvis, and that should suffice. If it is a tumor that's a, that is um, PET avid, then that is a helpful study to get because you can track that for treatment purposes. Um, um, but that's really, that's the first step. Sarcomas will go to the brain, but rarely. And so it's not part of our routine imaging. If there's a symptom, then we will get brain imaging. So if I have a patient and I'm just doing their routine scans, I will not include the brain as you would with melanoma, for example. But if my patient says I've had a headache, and it's kind of persistent, then I'm like, okay, let's, let's just make sure. Cause it, it can, it's not that it can't, it just doesn't as commonly. Yeah. And and so what are the most common areas of myths? Most commonly it's the lung, um, but you also see liver, you see visceral metastases. Um, I should mention that a specific sarcoma, um, myxoid round cell um, liposarcoma, you, you will image the spine because that can go to the spine for some reason. So that's include, included routinely at diagnosis. Um, but lung. So sometimes you'll even see in the, in our guidelines, the, the NCCN guidelines, it's really just cross-sectional chest imaging is what is, is it required for surveillance once a patient um, has had their initial treatment, but we routinely will, will get chest, abdomen, and pelvis. And so once you have completed the workup and imaging, how do you stage the disease? So it's, it's really a matter. And we often get this question from patients like, am I stage four? And really what determines the next step is, has it spread beyond the primary site or not? And so we can get into the minutia of whether you will call something stage one, two, three, or four, but it's really, is it contained in the primary site and therefore surgery is an option or do we need systemic therapy um, as a primary modality if it is spread beyond a primary site? So it's, it, that's really our, our thought is, is, I think, so I think in terms of, primary site only or M1 disease, meaning distant metastasis. Okay, got it. Um, and are there any molecular testings or pathologic findings that are relevant? Yeah, so so one thing I should also mention is that this disease will can go to the lymph nodes, but rarely goes to lymph nodes. Some, some subtypes will go, but typically not. So that's why we really focus on the lung. If you see something like a lymph node metastasis and you're not sure of the diagnosis, again, you wanna make sure. Um, you're not missing something like a melanoma. Um, but again, you can't see it in the lymph nodes. It's not that you can't, it's just not as common. Typically we think about the lung and another visceral meds. In terms of um, molecular diagnostics, it's actually pretty important. It helps us really um, 
hone in on what's what um, is a logic subtype. It is really one of the more important things is understanding whether or not there's an um, oncogenic fusion protein that's driving it. So about 40% of sarcomas are driven by fusion events. And these are important because they're diagnostic. We're learning more about how they drive the sarcomas um, and, and how we can potentially capitalize that there on that therapeutically, but they're important for, for really helping us confirm a diagnosis that can either be done, um, with PCR based assays or, um, or with fish by a pathologist. And what are the most common oncogenic fusion proteins? Um, it, it really just depends on the, the, um, sarcoma you're looking at. So there's their, their diagnosis pathognomonic fusion protein. So proteins that will join. And that is really what drives the diagnosis. For example, Snowville sarcoma is SS18 to SSX. And that's pretty common. That's going to be, um, there, there's, there are different, um, isoforms of the proteins, but that's the fusion for, for Snowville. Um, for decimal plastic small round cell tumor, it's going to be EDSR1 and WT1. EDSR1 to FLE1 is for Ewing's. So, so though there's not like, there's a, you know, 20 different ones I could, could, could. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, important. the interesting thing is we see EWS as a common, it's pretty promiscuous fusion partner. Um, so that one you do commonly see. Uh, I will mention that in addition to the fusion status, um, so um, taking a step back helps diagnostically. And then for some subtypes like alveolar rhabdomyosarcoma, it's prognostic. So having a fusion is actually more, um, is higher risk. And so that's another thing that's important for some of the subtypes. It actually will help us filter in um, how aggressive do we need to be. These are um, kind of branching more just thinking about soft tissue sarcomas more broadly. One of the most common ones is actually liposarcoma. That one is characterized by um, amplification of CDK4 and MDM2. And so um, those are things that we look for to help us with the diagnosis of those. And then you you mentioned Ewing sarcoma. There's also a cytogenetic that's pretty pathognomonic. And I guess more for Ewing's for patients, yeah. Yeah, it's EDSR1 fused to LI. Are there any other relevant biomarkers in soft tissue sarcoma or lip liposarcoma that you want to mention? I don't think so. I mean, the pathologist will come back with a report that says spindle cell neoplasm, um, and then they might mention pleomorphic if it's a, if it's um, an undifferentiated pleomorphic sarcoma. But but typically, when you see spindle cell neoplasm, that's a sarcoma, and you need to think about kind of that route of treatment. Okay. And then uh, who do you refer a patient to? So the first step is really, hopefully, you know, you stage the patient, let's say hopefully your patient is um, has localized disease. You don't see evidence of metastasis. So that patient needs to be seen by um, a surgeon, oncologic, on, oncologic surgeon, um, radiation oncologist, and a medical oncologist. And kind of together that team needs to decide do we need to do something like neoadjuvant chemotherapy, which has very controversial data to support, but there is some, um, do you need neoadjuvant radiation or should we just go straight to surgery? And then after that, what is the plan? Do we want to do anything in the adjuvant setting? 
to try to prevent recurrent or metastatic disease. So all those people are important and really every decision is a case by case decision. And, and um, they, it's not made, it should not be made in isolation. A really important thing is once a patient is diagnosed with a sarcoma, you want to make sure they're hooked in with a sarcoma center. So one of the major sarcoma centers where they have experience and they see these patients um, more than just one or two a year. And when do you refer to genetics? Really only if you have an inherited genetic syndrome. Or if you suspect it. Okay, look, Dr. Banks, this has been um, great. I certainly learned a lot about soft tissue sarcoma. And we want to have you back to teach us more about the different sarcomas. Thank you. Thank you. So to recap, soft sarcomas can occur across all ages. It is a heterogeneous group of disease that can be associated with some genetic appearances, including those implicated in Lee-Fermeni syndrome and the NF gene and the RB gene retinoplastoma gene. Usually patients present with a mass growing associated with pain that leads to further workup. And this workup can include an MRI of the set extremity that's affected. For further workup, we need a biopsy for which a pathologist with experience in looking at sarcoma needs to look at the biopsy because not only do we need to diagnose that it's sarcoma, but we need to ascertain which type. To stage and to, for further workup as well, we get a CT chest, abdomen, and pelvis. Notably, 40% of sarcomas are driven by fusion events, and some of these fusion events are also prognostic for a specific type of sarcomas. Important to have on your team would be the surgeon, radonc, and medonc. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Tumor Talks. See you next time. is an independent podcast that does not represent the institutional views or opinions of our employers, Johns Hopkins Hospital, Memorial Sloan Kettering, or that of our guests. This podcast is created for medical education and should not be counted as medical advice.